Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to the Rapture's Rapture podcast. I'm your host, Mike Bassetti. Joined with me today after a long, long absence is Brian Boat. Brian, how's it going? Much better, thanks, now that I'm back on online and able to speak to you and everyone else, I hope. Good to hear. Um, we are recording this on a Sunday. Game one versus the Wizards has happened, and we were going to break down that as well as kind of give a preview of how we think the rest of the series will go. Brian, what were your big takeaways from game one? Well, an, an enormous sense of relief. You know, I've, I've been to too many playoff games where, particularly game ones, which end up in, in bitter disappointment. So to have this one uh, look like it was going to go south, particularly in that bad second quarter, and then see the guys bounce back, gain the lead, and not give it up was most encouraging. We saw a lot of positive things, and obviously it was great to see C.J. Miles finally rediscover his stroke, but we also got some three balls from uh, O.G. Ananobi, which was a pleasant surprise. And Serge Ibaka was excellent in so many ways. Yeah, um, Serge Ibaka, I think he has to be one of the big takeaways from this game, how well he played and how well he's been playing as of late. You know, there were some people questioning us included how effective he's been and even possibly a lineup change and things like that. And really, since that point, he's been phenomenal. And he was a huge reason for the Raptors win yesterday. <laughs> Indisputably. You know, big, big numbers. 12 boards, 23 points, a couple of block shots. And we'll take it. We want to keep doing that. We're going to win a lot of games. And I think it was, it was kind of telling all season long for Raptors fans. And the Raptors have talked about how with the new changes in the offense, we're not going to be as reliant on Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan. And, um, I mean, I know Kyle played well. If you watched the game, you saw Kyle played well. But his box score doesn't jump off the page at you. He was 4 of 9 for 11 points. He had 9 assists, which is nice. But, I mean, 9 points from him. You had DeMar DeRozan, who was not effective. He was he shot poorly all game. And you still came away with the victory. And... It's been what the Raptors have been preaching all season, and it was really great to see it actually come to fruition. Definitely. But we can't afford too many more of these 6-for-17 games from DeMar DeRozan. It just just doesn't wash. I don't know what has happened with his mid-range game over the last month, but it has gone south and stayed there. And uh, that's going to cause all kinds of grief if if that doesn't get rectified. He's got to start hitting those shots because, again, that – that makes the spacing so much better. It gives Lowry more room to maneuver. It, it, it creates uh, areas for, for cutters, like OG Ananobi in particular, to get some, uh, hopefully some easy baskets. And, and if DeMar is out there with people like Pascal Siakam or, or Turtle, both of them can cut to the basket very effectively. If DeMar is making the shots, then, then his defender comes out, they have to pay him attention, and those speedy young guys can get to the hoop. So it, it's a significant ripple effect when, when DeRozan is making his buckets versus when he's not. It was telling also that the Raptors' big run 
went while DeMar was on the bench in the second half there. So you saw them do a lot of work with him on the bench, and I think it's something to watch forward. Like I said, it was really impressive to see Kyle Lowry and DeMar struggle and the team overcome that. But I think once you play better teams, you are going to have – you can't have – perhaps they don't have to have great efforts, but they can't have those kind of efforts. Six for 17 for 17 points is not going to be okay. No, no. We assume we get by these guys and, and, the, and the Cavaliers knock out Indiana in no time at all. Six for 17 games will, will mean our, our playoff run is over. That's a, that just won't wash against against strong teams. And, uh, you know, and then, then assuming assuming he doesn't do that, but he slips back into it again, should we get to the, the Eastern Conference Finals, again, that, that will be, that's the difference between winning and losing those things. So let's, I don't want to beat this into the ground, but he's got to shoot better than he has been. Sure, and I mean, one game, I guess, you can't overreact to one game. So one 6 of 17 performance, if he hits three more shots, he's 9 of 17, and he's above 50%. So, you know, it's a break here, a break there. I don't want to read too much into it, especially after game one. Um, speaking of his backcourt mate, Kyle Lowry, how do you take his process? Like I said, he only had 11 points with 4 of 9, but I thought that his defense on John Wall was just phenomenal down the stretch, particularly in the fourth quarter. He was tremendous. John Wall was 6 for 20, and he, and he had been their, their offensive spark plug all game. He played better than Beal. Uh, and, and what he did against Wall was frustrate the hell out of him. And, and it was absolutely essential that he do so because those guys are a counterpunching team. They want to play fast, particularly if, if they get out on a break. And they're very capable of doing it, but but Kyle just wouldn't let them. I mean, he, he, that was a defensive win because Kyle had, you know, five turnovers. Ew. that's that's pretty that's grim. And that was also the only bad part of Delon Wright's game. You know, Delon was wonderful, except but he, he had four turnovers. We can't afford that kind of thing. That's just from the point guards in particular. Nine turnovers from the point guards? No, thank you. Sure. Yeah, I I totally agree with you, and I think. For the Raptors, I think in most series, the goal for Toronto will be that their backcourt needs to outplay the opposing backcourt, just the way the team is set up. Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan are your two best players. But I think when it's in respect to the Wizards, if you get an even draw from your starting backcourt, then the series swings into Toronto's advantage because while DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Lowry can go against anyone, um, those two players are what drives Washington's offense, I think, even more than Kyle and DeMar drive ours. Absolutely. The only other scary guy on their team is Otto Porter Jr. And I thought the Raptors played him extremely well. He only made one three ball. Uh, and so if we can, as you say, if we can go end up with a plus minus of zero against Wall and, and Beal, and keep Porter under control, I'll take my chances with their entire rest of the lineup because I think they are really, really thin. Yes, Mike Scott played well for them, and, and he's a good player. That wasn't a fluke. But the rest of them, I mean, they have no serious uh, front court help from for Martin Gortat. You know, Jan Mahinmi, is, is, he's, he's not any kind of a realistic alternative, as a, either as a defender or as a scorer. So uh, I'd be happy to to take those guys on if it's front court versus front court. We'll hey, blow them away. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And speaking of out of Porter Jr., a big reason for that was the play from OG Ananobi and CJ Miles. Um, do you just want to kind of go into 
those two and just talk about I thought the small forward position was an area of weakness for us against these two because Adam Porter, like you said, is such a great player. And Kelly Oubre Jr. is no slouch off the bench. But C.J. Miles and O.G. and Anobi both played phenomenal yesterday. And I think that certainly you probably won't get that type of performance from them each night. But if they can play something around that level, you're, it's going to be a great sign for Toronto. Well, it, it is a great sign. And it's, it's one of those situations where looking at a score scorebook doesn't tell you the whole story because what those two guys are what our two defenders did against those guys was deny them the ball all the time so all of a sudden the passing lanes for Washington were not open and they had to continue to sort of work the ball around with uh, Beal and Wall or whoever else was out there and so so keeping Porter out of out of the danger zone which is corner threes for that guy by by making life miserable was Terrific, and you're right. It was both OG and CJ who who kept their hands in in that guy's face and, and gave him no room at all. And you have to be mobile to do that. You have to be able to, to jump around screens and and know that the, the screens are coming so that you can do so. And they both did that extremely well. So I was, it was an impressive uh, outing, particularly for OG. You know, his first playoff game for God's sake, and he was terrific. Yeah, he was great. And like you said, getting around those screens, I think. That's something that the Washington small forwards are probably adept to do because C.J. Miles is uh, a shooter himself. He's used to all these off-ball screens. It's kind of maneuvering something that he is used to doing. And O.G., I just think, has a physical skill set to match up with those guys. Um, Norman Powell got in a little bit. Kind of. I just want to see what your thoughts were on that. I, To be honest, I wasn't a f- big fan of the move I, when O.G. was playing that well, and CJ's playing that well, I'm not sure why we're giving minutes to Norman Paul. That makes two of us. <laughs> it's, it's, not like, it's not like he's established a shot recently he's all of a sudden a threat, because that's just not the case. And uh, when he's not making his threes, he can occasionally become a wild man on offense, where he does the, you know, the unpardonable sin of, of uh, leaving his feet with the ball in his hands before he knows what he's going to do and getting trapped. So mm-hmm. he's become a turnover machine that way recently, and, and he's not big enough to really be the defensive force that we need such that you can live with his, his lack of offense. So so where does he fit? He's, he, he doesn't, frankly. And, and I wouldn't be at all surprised if, if the, uh, you know, he got, he got less than five minutes yesterday, and I wouldn't be surprised if that's the way it's going to be for the rest of the series, or if he doesn't, if he gets some do not plays. Yeah, that, uh, as the series progresses. Yeah, to me, I I wouldn't play him at all. I think your your rotation's already deep enough. It's not like you need to just get some bodies in there. OG played 22 minutes. I don't see why you can't. And CJ played 19. I'm not sure why both those guys can't play. Take up any minutes that are going to Norman Pell or going away from those guys. And I just I don't see why he needs to be playing really at all. Yes. <laughs> and so so I think you and I are saying the same thing that Norman's going to. Maybe staying in his sweatsuit for the the whole game and being a cheerleader. Yeah. And speaking of guys that didn't, I didn't expect to play major minutes, but one guy who did play and had a huge impact, and maybe it just, maybe it happened to be him instead of Norman Powell, and Coach Casey just thought he'd try to throw either of these guys and get a spark plug, and that was uh, Lucas Naguera. He played nine minutes. You look at the box score, it looks like nothing spectacular. But he was a force whenever he was on the court, and I think he made a huge impact in the game, particularly defensively. 
Well, again, when you have a guy as, who's as long and as mobile as he is, he has an enormous impact. He takes away the paint. So all of a sudden, if these guys are going to score, they're going to have to do so from outside, and they simply couldn't do it. You know, they, their fourth quarter was their, was Washington's uh, worst scoring quarter by far, and that, that was where the game turned because the Raptors went into the fourth quarter with a one-point lead, <laughs> and yet uh, and, and held them off the, the rest of the way. I mean, so if we can hold those people to an hour, to 21 points in the fourth quarter, I'll take my chances in every playoff game. And if we we gave Kyle Lowry so much credit for stopping John Wall in the fourth, and for good reason, he was spectacular. But I think a lot of that has to do with Nagara being in the paint as the role man and him kind of being a force behind the defense that Kyle could kind of funnel things into. Yes, and and it's a, Lucas seems to be comfortable in that role. In fact, he even welcomes it. You have to have guys in your team who are comfortable without without scoring the ball. If you don't have guys like that, it's really hard to win because sometimes you're going to ask them to take on a role that isn't almost entirely defensive. And Bebe seems to be happy with that, and it's terrific. So, and, and it's it's a look that the other team is just not prepared for. It's always nice to be able to throw a team uh, off off their plan and they say, "Well, who's this guy? What are we going to do about it?" It's the same with OG making his three balls early in the game. They weren't defending him. So fine, put the ball up, get some shots, throw them off their game. That's how you win. Yeah, and what kind of, uh, I'm curious to think, do you think Lucas has earned more minutes for game two? Will he definitely be in the rotation, or or will it still be a kind of see-if-we-need-him situation? I think that depends on whether Jakob Pertl is more effective than he was in this game. He had a disappointing outing. I think he'd be the first one to admit it. And... We need that guy because he, he's he's effective on both both sides of the ball. Um, but if he's not doing his, if he's if he's three turnovers versus one basket, I I so we can't have that. So if he's going to have another poor outing, then I can definitely see Bebe uh, closing the game again because it worked this time. Clearly, Jonas Valanciunas doesn't have coach's confidence these days to close games he seems to JV seems to be struggling a bit on defense with his mobility particularly against a, a quick team um, like Washington when they go small they're, they're faster than he is than he can cope with uh, but Bebe is, is, is just as quick if not quicker than JV probably maybe a half step quicker and he's got the length so I could see him being in there if, if Pirtle struggles for JV uh, this is something that kind of I wanted to talk about a little bit just the fact, you know, I there's been a lot made this season about how well he's played, and he has. He's been great for the Raptors. He was great all season long. And kind of people have turned him from he's a bad contract to actually that's a pretty good contract for the production you're getting from him. I think there still is a problem, though, with him defensively in the fact that I have a hard time believing he can really – play major minutes in the fourth quarter against elite teams. Um, and we even saw it with the Wizards, who are an eight seed and perhaps would be one of the better matchups for him. But, I mean, I don't think it's any coincidence that he was out of the game when the Raptors went on that run. Um, kind of what are your thoughts on that? No, I, I agree. <laughs> I agree with the, the come putting, putting in Baby uh, was, was a, an upset for those guys. Um, 
they, they were they I'm sure they planned to be pounding the ball uh, right at JV, getting some um, getting some free throws because you know he overcommitted on that uh, that shot that Beal put in and turned it into a three point play, and so they were thinking, okay, let's let's go at him, let's get him in, in foul trouble, and we'll get to the line and beat them that way. And uh, unless he gets that tendency under control, he is going to be pulled in the fourth quarter. And yeah, I just think. It's a struggle when you have this, and he's already been exposed. Versus, I think Cleveland's probably his worst matchup, and if you do make it to the finals, you have Washington and – I'm sorry, not Washington, Houston and Golden State, and, I mean, Houston will abuse him, I feel. I just – I don't want to see him in pick and roll after pick and roll versus James Harden. I mean, it's it's really concerning me, to me when one of your highest-paid players – Supposedly, one of your best players struggles so badly on defense, and you really question: Can this guy be in um, more than 20 minutes a game? Well, he can be in if the other team is missing their jumpers, because he's such an effective defensive rebounder. Mm-hmm. He can clear out space like nobody's business. His timing is very good. He gets the one-handed rebound, so he can go up even when he's being impeded and pull down the ball. Um, but Otherwise, you're right. If, if they if they come into the paint at speed, uh, JV has a big problem. He, he doesn't. He's not able to jump up and, and draw the uh, draw the charge often enough to scare them. And he's not a particularly good shot blocker. He's okay, maybe he'll give C plus shot blocker, but certainly not like a surge or even a Jakob Pertl. Right. So, yeah. He, and I think these tendencies are okay during the regular season. I think they just get exposed more in the postseason when teams have time to game plan against you and say, all right, we're really going to draw up some sets to go after this guy. Yeah, and, and he and he can be, you're right, he can be exposed. He can, he can get himself in foul trouble in no time at all. You know, <laughs> is anybody on the team who's going to get three fouls in six minutes? It's going to be JV. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and it's something we see with other players, too. You kind of see, and he's a much better player than Enos Kanter, but you saw Enos Kanter just get abused in playoff series in the past, and it's something that JV kind of has to prove still, I think, he still has to prove that he is not that guy and that he's someone that you can play consistently uh, game in and game out. Well, game in and game out and win the games on the line in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. That's where that's where he's really been professionally embarrassed. Um, so, and, and as you know, you said earlier about, about DeMar sitting down when, when the Raptors were on the run. His defense has been, yeah, yeah, you know, mediocre might yeah. be fine. Like he, Demar gets no counting stats on defense. He doesn't block shots. He's he's not a great uh, steel maker or even deflector of passes. He's just he's just kind of there, and he gets in the way to a certain extent. But he's not long like like uh, OG, so he can get exposed too defensively if a team's trying to make a comeback. I think DeMar, a lot of people assume he's a plus defender because he's 6'7 and athletic, but I think if you actually watch games and really pay attention, a lot of people would be surprised on how kind of... he's not. I mean, he's not a sieve on defense, but he's he's certainly not a good defender by any means. No, yeah, I agree. I agree. And, he, and if, if the Raptors are trying to hold on to a, a lead late in the game, you know... <laughs> It's a funny thing because it's a coach who's dealing with human beings, and, and you really don't want to 
have your have your top scorer suffer and an all-star suffer the indignity of being taken out at at, at crunch time. But mm -hmm. it may have to happen with both of those guys. I mean, JV seems to be used to it. And I guess he's accepted it to the best he can. But taking out Demar with three minutes to play and a five-point lead may may not go so well. Right. Um, I I do think at least Demar has the ability to when he really locks in to be at least a little bit better. But he has at least the physical capabilities, which I think JV lacks. Well, you know, we've been watching Demar for a long time, and his, his defense has sort of moved over the years from pretty bad to tolerable against against average. Uh, uh, shooting guards, mm -hmm. and, and and in the playoffs, you know, as I say, the, the, the stakes are different. Every team you play is really strong, so you just can't afford to have a guy who's okay trying to defend a, a strong shooting guards that are out there in the playoffs. I mean, you know, you said we get to Houston, we're going to be playing the backcourt is Chris Paul and James Harden. That's rather frightening. Sure, it, it definitely is. I do want to talk about kind of before we wrap up just our individual take of each player. Um, obviously, the performer of the night, and I think had the best game. And I'm upset with myself because when we did our roundtable, I almost voted him for MVP, but I chickened out. And that's Delon Wright. Delon Wright played just spectacular. He's seven of ten. He's three of four. Um, Washington seemed to be oddly, they seemed to be allowing him to shoot better. They seem to be giving him a lot of room for someone who shoots 37% from three. And I just, I mean, he tore them up, and it was a great game from DeLon Wright. Like you said, he did have four turnovers, but he was a spark plug in every sense of the word and was just great for the Raptors. Oh, indisputably. I mean, he, he was in, he was my highlight, uh, my headline uh, player for the, for the review. So <laughs> I'm completely with you. And the other guy, of course, was Serge, who was just amazingly efficient. Eight of eleven, and three, of, which includes three or four from deep. I mean, you just cannot ask for more than that. Yeah, the two of them combined for fifteen of twenty-one, and they—I think they both went three of four from three. So that makes them six of eight from three. I mean, that's—you're just not going to get much better than that from those two. No, or anybody else. Yeah, that good point. Um, as we continue to look at this series, with game one in the bag. How do you expect the rest of this series to play out? Um, and what do you think are some of the things after you've seen one game to look for the rest of the series? I really want the Raptors to pound the ball inside. I just don't think that Washington can cope with uh, Serge and JV continually putting up shots, making shots, and uh, drawing fouls. And that's, I, I, again, I put that in my recap. I was dismayed that um, Jamie was substituted for in the first quarter. I thought he was really having his way with Gortat. And uh, once Gortat got two fouls and, and within four minutes and had to sit down, I was rubbing my hands together in glee because I thought Jamie would destroy Mahimi. And yet he got sat down, and most of the scoring was in the first quarter. I really think we need to have more balance on our attack. And if we get that, if we get our big, if we get JV in particular scoring the way he's capable of, um, I think we, we can take game two quite comfortably, even with a, another mediocre shooting performance from DeMar, mediocre on being kind. And I, Mahimi only played two minutes, which I had on uh, 
uh, guest uh, from Bullets Forever, Trey Flynn, and he was talking about how Mahimni might be one of the key factors in the series and how well he's able to play. I mean, clearly with two minutes, they don't trust him at all. So <laughs> that's, yep. that's not a good sign for Washington. And like you said, I think we talked about JV's defensive problems. What well, he can erase some of those concerns if he goes ahead and just eats on the smaller players. Like, there's no way Moore should be able to guard me. There's no way anyone when Gortada's not in should be able to guard me down low and just goes after them and just really attacks. And we can't underestimate the importance of, of him drawing fouls because, of course, that has a huge team-wide impact. All of a sudden, those guys are, are in their penalty situation and we're getting to the line. I love it. Uh, that's the, the world's easiest uh, couple of points that you can you can cash in on almost every time down the floor. So once he gets these guys in foul trouble, it messes up their um, rotations, their their defensive schemes, and we're we're piling up the the free throw opportunities. So that and, and he's gonna the guy that can get more fouls drawn on him than almost anybody else except for Demar. If, mm-hmm. if they get him the ball, if they don't get him the ball, of course this is all moot, and he's just gonna stand there and watch. And that's a big mistake, in my opinion. And I think next game will be really key for the series as a whole. Obviously, going up 2-0 is a huge deal as far as, I think, the home team wins, or the team that goes up 2-0 wins 93% of the time. And if they're able to steal both at home, it really puts a lot of pressure to Washington to win both their games, their next two. So I think it will be interesting to tell. And if they lose that game, it's 1-1 and Washington has home court now. So I think game two will matter a ton as we get down to what happens on the series as a whole. Right. And and in our, I'm going to sort of do my own reveal here and say that I think that the X factor for Washington in, in a small way might be Ty Lawson if they let him off the bench. Uh, because he, he, he apparently was putting up huge numbers in China before he signed last week to join them for the playoffs. And I gotta believe that, um, at some point there, uh, Scott Brooks is gonna let that guy go and see, see what he can do. Yeah, especially if you're down 2-0 or if you're down big, it's kind of like, what do we have to lose? Go ahead and let him play. Um, sure. Sadoransky played, he didn't play particularly well for them. Like as a whole, their team, their backcourt really did not do what I expected them to. Bradley Beal was relatively efficient. He was 8 of 17, but um, it just felt he didn't have as big of an impact when you're watching as it seemed. Like it didn't seem like his 19 were hugely impactful 19. And Otto Porter Jr. was fine. He was 9 points, 4 of 7. But if you're the third best player on the team and you're a guy like that, you need to get more than 7 shots up. Yeah, well, that, that's the, the great stifling effect of our, of, as you said earlier, of our of our two uh, small forwards putting a blanket on that guy. Right. Yeah, and we have to give credit to them. Um, as what kind of were your takeaways? I guess as we move on from the Raptors series, um, what were your takeaways from around the league uh, on Saturday? Did you get a chance to watch the other games? I saw some of the highlights. Uh, I was kind of. <laughs> Emotionally drained, and I wasn't sure how much more hoops I wanted to watch after kind of wandering around my my living room, not being at the game, um, watching our game. 
what happened, nothing surprised me, first of all. Um, in fact, every team that I picked to win, including the New Orleans Pelicans, did win, because I, I guess that was my... I was looking at some of the um, sports writers' analysis, like on ESPN and Sports Illustrated, and almost everyone in his dog has picked Portland, which surprised the hell out of me. I, I was very impressed with New Orleans after uh, DeMarcus Cousins went down, and I see no reason to think that they can't pull off an upset. So that didn't surprise me. Philadelphia destroying Miami in the second half was a surprise. Yeah, um, I think the Philadelphia thing, they are on a roll, and they're a team that, I'm glad they're on the other side of the bracket. Maybe they can cool off before the Raptors have to face them um, if we get there. But they are, I mean, they won that game without Joel and beat 130-103. to 103. And Ben Simmons is, I mean, he was great all season long, but if you look at the last month when Joel Embiid went down, they have really turned to him, and he is, he's looked great. I mean, he's, he looks like a top-ten player in the league right now. Yeah, he's a scary guy. <laughs> 14 assists, 17 points, <laughs> and nine rebounds. Good Lord. Yeah, he's someone <laughs> that everybody wondered, you know, will he get a jumper? And the answer might be, it might not matter. It's like Giannis. Giannis still hasn't developed into a three-point shooter, even a particularly effective uh, mid-range shooter. But if you're seven foot tall, it's not like your other guards that need to develop their jumpers. You're a seven-foot guard that can get to the lane whenever they want. Yeah, he's scary. Marco Bellinelli had 25 points. Yay. Yeah, so so that's a that's going to be a nasty team to play against. So I, I agree with you completely. I hope like heck that they find some way to cool off before we see those guys because I wouldn't be at all surprised if they're going to be our um, – Eastern Conference final opponents. Yeah, I agree. Um, and as we are you planning on watching the games today? There's obviously Boston plays at one, and the Cavaliers will play at three thirty. Um, kind of the two Eastern Conference opponents to watch after. Oh yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll have that stuff on. It's not like I can go outside. This, this ice storm is now going into its second day, so we are totally socked in here. It is terrible. Yeah. So it will be interesting to see Cleveland, obviously. Uh, no disrespect to Indiana, but I think all Toronto fans would agree we would hope the Pacers can pull the upset there. How much chance would you give that? Oh, gosh. <laughs> you know, Cleveland, they're so – it's really – at one end, it's they played so badly that if you're like, yeah, this Pacers team beat them and a team that's beat them consistently, it can't throw you off too much. But at the same time, LeBron James is going to lose to the Indiana Pacers. I just – it seems unlikely to me. I guess maybe I'll give them a one in one in ten, one in twenty chance, but I don't put it at much greater than that. Yeah, I think I think you're, the one in twenty is more likely one. <laughs> yeah. But it's just you just sit there and you think, okay, is Indiana going to win four games against Cleveland against LeBron James and Cleveland Cavaliers? I just I can't make my mind deal with that. Well, you're going to have the one Kevin Love game. I'm guessing where Kevin Love goes off. You're going to have one game where they go absolutely on fire from three, so that's two wins, and then LeBron James just needs to win two more games, which I'm confident he can do against. I don't, I don't know who they're going to put on him defensively. Maybe Fad Young, I guess. But he, will, be... he will own that team as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, yeah, especially when he's locked in. Well, Ryan, it was great talking to you. Um, glad to see you're back online for future pods as well. This Washington series will certainly be interesting. I will talk to you later. Let's do it again next week. Thanks and bye for now.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.